0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Uh, Joanna, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, right, your first question is this My toddler told me the other night that she doesn't like ghosts. It's not clear where this uh, statement comes from. My husband and I don't believe in the afterlife and haven't told her about the idea of ghosts. However, sometimes Halloween type cartoon videos do come up in our YouTube feed. This may be causing it, but I really don't want her to become superstitious or fearful of things like this, which can cause such needless stress. What can I do to eradicate this fear?
1: I mean, that last bit is the bit that I want to start with. You know, is it a fear? You know, you start by saying she doesn't like ghosts. Mm. That Not liking something doesn't make it a fear. So stay where she's at with it. I know, Like again, we're predisposed as parents to, to keep... You know, ten steps ahead, going. What could this become? Um, it is okay not to like things, and so you can say something when she, when she says, "I don't like ghosts." You say, "That's okay. I don't like." whatever. Mm. I don't like having to walk outside in the rain. I don't like spiders. I don't like, you know, we all have things we don't like and it is okay to normalize that. Um, in terms of it being about the afterlife and that in cartoons, I totally agree with this because a lot of children's themed entertainment represent ghosts or graveyards or as very creepy, spooky, yes, filled with vampires. Yeah. And, and actually it can create this unnecessary emotional charge of that's a terrible place when actually that's not what we want children to think so stay within your own belief framework um because you don't you're very clear here you don't believe in afterlife and ghosts and you can just say to her ghosts are not real very Mm. calm matter of fact they're made up for cartoons and then at her age redirect and distract her i would keep it at that level that you just go oh it's it's okay not to like them, and if it persists, you know what? Ghosts aren't even real; they're just made up for yeah. cartoons. We won't yeah. watch those cartoons if they upset you. Yeah, YouTube feed is the is your key here because uh, yeah, you got anything can pop up on those feeds, even with all of our efforts Parental of retur- yeah, all of that. Stuff. Yeah, so you know you might be better finding something that you're fairly sure is in the realm of nothing's going to turn up here that we're not comfortable with. That might mean some evening when your toddler's in bed that you treat yourselves to a whole load of children's TV, toddler TV and say, oh, do you know what? That one's harmless. Let's go with that one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my five-year-old used to love going on sleepovers with her aunt or two granny and granddads. She loved the one-to-one attention, the extra treat she'd get watching a movie, and sometimes they'd bring her out for breakfast on a weekend, so she felt really special. Lately, however, she's reluctant to go, and she's cried for me the last three times. Unfortunately, I'm a single dad, so when I get an extra shift in work, I take it, and this means she has to stay with someone else's house if it's a late shift. I hate telling her she has to stay there, but there's no other option. She doesn't say anything happened to make her feel unhappy. She just misses me in her own bed. We've tried bringing her favourite teddy and her own pillow, but nothing soothes her and she cries herself to sleep. I really have no other option but to use my family support, but I hate hearing her so upset when they call me. How can I help her to go back to being comfortable there?
1: I find myself wondering what changed, you know, because she was Mm. comfortable and that sounds perfectly lovely. All those treats and movies and breakfast out and she's with people she's safe with. And then I'm looking, you know, she's five and there is at a certain age, you know, children just prefer to stay in their own home, in their own space with their own stuff. So there may not be any more to it than her going... I don't want to. There's also something about when you get a shift, you take it. So I'm wondering if there's no planning for this and there maybe cannot be, be, by the way. um, You know, that maybe it's, oh gosh, I've got to go to work. Come on, you're off to granny's. And then you are getting it But no, and I don't Mm. want to, and I want Mm. to stay with you. So I think you're doing the right things with the teddy and her little bits. But I probably would add, put a T-shirt of yours that you've been wearing on the teddy so there is a part of you going with her. And when she cuddles teddy, she's also cuddling that part of you because even that idea can be very anchoring, grounding and reassuring for children. I'm also assuming, because this is an ongoing, repeated arrangement you have, that she, some of her bits are in Auntie's house or Granny's house, or at least they have some bits for her there. Mm. But you might want to sit with her and be very matter of fact and say, you know, in our family, you have me as your parent and you have Auntie and Granny as your other important adults. And in our family, because of the way I work, sometimes, most of the time, even you're at home in our house and other times you're in these houses and that's the way it is in our family Yeah, because there are certain parts of this you cannot change so you do want to say this is just the way it is in our family and normalise it and then follow up with what is it you miss most when you're not in your own space what would make it easier and it might be that you're making little packs to leave in the other houses or she has a ready pre-packed little wheelie suitcase that has all of her comfort bits her own toothbrush and toothpaste and not you know kids can even react to the taste of people's toothpaste Mm. in different houses but you've got duplicates of all her bits even if it's short notice she just gets her wheelie and she has her stuff yeah you know she's prepared for it but I think you just want to gently now the key is gently yet firmly and that means boundaries and structure I know you really want to be able to stay here with me all the time I can't do that. This is how it is in our family. Let's try and make it easier and gently push through this resistance. Unless something has happened that she hasn't yet told you. And I don't mean anything sinister now. Mm. What I mean is, you know, it could have been as simple as, oh, they we watched a movie and I really didn't like it and it gave me a bad dream and I'm afraid of having a bad dream when I'm not with you. Or... Oh, they've changed something they use, or a different type of red sauce than we use, and I don't like it, and I don't want to go anymore. It can be something quite simple, but don't don't rule out just sitting with her and saying, "I see something has changed, and I'm curious what it might be. What's going yeah. to make this easier?"
0: Yeah, because I, I suppose when you're five, she's at the age of mm. where she's maybe starting to notice the differences more. Absolutely, and maybe for for granny and granddad in particular. Maybe they gave out to her about something, and that was the first time it happened. And
1: it could be that. It yeah. could be anything. It could be they watch the news at the time they watch yeah. this. It could be. It could be something. So simple. Um, I stay up too late and I'm a bit tired. It could be anything, Mm -hmm. you know. Different rules, different houses. But I do think if this is an ongoing arrangement, as much consistency as you guys can manage. And I feel really glad for this this dad that you have that wraparound support. Yeah. Because actually, we all need that in our parenting, but particularly when we're single parenting, that she has an extended attachment network who are so available and you know willing to love and care for her and actually this is a good thing so you're just normalising for her that this is how our family is structured all families look and feel differently in yeah. our family this is the way it works
0: Yeah My two year old will not keep her shoes on Her shoes normally have a buckle but she really likes those particular pairs so we went with them and for the first time she has Velcro straps Now I find myself putting uh, back on her shoes at least ten times a day It's so frustrating. She'll be in the back of the car in her seat. I hear the rip of the Velcro being pulled apart. I tell her we need to wear the shoes to walk around outside especially. But she doesn't seem to understand. She'd happily go around town in her socks. How can I uh, convince her to wear those shoes?
1: Well, I mean, she's two. she's beautifully too. I'm <laughs> delighted to tell you that. That's what's happening here. I remember that stage so well. And you know, when they're in the front-facing buggy and someone running after me, thank goodness, yes. with said expensive shoe having been velcroed and tossed aside. We don't need that anymore. You know, th- that whole idea of inside outside, open shut, here gone, that is all part of discovery play. And that's what we want our two-year-olds doing. It mm. really is. I know you're like, no, no, I want her to leave the shoes on. But it really is part of what, you, this is how she should be playing. It also encourages independence because part of being able to open, shut and take it off is, wow, well, look at all I can do. Yeah, and I'm yeah. going to get to a place where I can even put those on myself and close them over. With It's why kids love Velcro shoes. So I'm just, I, I mean, this isn't maybe very psychologically minded or helpful of me, but I'm just going to say either get buckles or exhale and go with it. Yeah. Keep, just roll with it and keep Velcroing. And uh, yeah, a two-year-old, you just, you just, you can't. And they love having their shoes off, you know, because yeah. they like oh, to yeah. wiggle their toes and they like to really feel textures around them. In the car, kicking her shoes off, it's not really a big deal. Yes, you've got to stick them back on before you go outside. But, you know, this is being too. I'm afraid this is being too yeah
0: be thankful she's and wearing she, her clothes and she's
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shoes it's just yes. shoes yeah that's also true <laughs> uh, uh,
0: i wonder what joanna's take is on hobbies outside school my daughter is 11 and since she started school she's tried a few things drawing hip hop dancing piano kamogi even brownies and scouts but she never sticks with anything and gives up after a term or two. I've tried making sure she attends with a friend and we always have a good talk before she joins where I ask her why she wants to try it and I tell her she has to stick with it uh, and if we pay the subs and buy whatever is needed. But every time the same thing happens. She says she doesn't like it anymore and refuses to go. This means that once she's done her homework she ends up on the couch watching TV or scrolling on YouTube every afternoon. Uh, is it important that kids have extracurricular activities so they learn responsibility and commitment or should I stop letting her join things because she just doesn't seem interesting and stay in the course?
1: I mean, look, she ends up on the couch watching TV, scrolling on YouTube. That sounds cosy for her. Mm. I think actually your daughter is making a choice and that's the choice Choice, she's making. Now the question is, are you okay with that being the choice? Because sitting, you know, we're all allowed to relax and unwind. Who amongst us doesn't want to curl up on the sofa and do a bit of scrolling once Mm. in a while at the end of a day? And this is after she's had school and done her homework. And she may feel, you know what? The effort part of my day is done now. Thank you very much. I just want to power down. Whereas an activity might be something where she has to stay powered up and she has to keep going. So it's sounding to me like she hasn't found her passion yet, but the good news is she is open to trying many things. Like that's quite a range of things this kit has given a go to. The one thing that's jarring with me is that you are making a condition that if you sign her up to something that she has chosen, that she must see out the term you've paid for or whatever equipment you've bought, and then that isn't happening. And she's refusing. And you're letting her refuse as well. I know she's 11. I don't mean that to sound like, you know, you can put her under your arm and put her in the seat and (laughs) off you go anyway. It's not like that. But it is about gently pointing out her. I mean, yes, extracurricular activities are important. They're not essential. There are plenty of kids out there for lots of reasons who don't get to participate Mm. in extracurricular activities. They are nice. They are good. They are ways for our kids to find passion projects, things that interest them to develop and express desire. And yes, these pieces about responsibility and commitment, which you will learn other ways as well. But it's sounding like she is open and interested and going with a friend. She just hasn't found her thing. Yeah. So I think it may be about looking a little broader. I do acknowledge this is a broad range you've done and seeing is there something that's a little bit not as active, but a bit more passive, like Is there something else that you could try? You pick two or three things, but two would be enough. And you say to her, you choose between these two and you will be doing it for the term, whatever that is. And then you have to see that through as much as her. Otherwise, yes, you're giving her a break until she finds something. But I'm just aware of her age, Sean, and she's going to be going to secondary school. Mm, And one of the things that can really help kids... Adjust and settle into secondary school is being able to take up a, a team and activity, uh, something going on in the broader school community and that can be really helpful for them. So I, I do want you going at this again but really involving her in it and asking her to choose but you put the parameters in because if she decides rock climbing is her thing and that's not in your area and you've now (laughs) created a huge job for yourself or something super expensive that you're not happy to do. And I wouldn't go expensive by the way, in case she doesn't see it out. The other thing I'm going to say to you though, if she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to is that you structure her choices for the afternoon. When you've done your homework, you can go outside you can make a jigsaw, mm. you can read a book, you can sit and do some art. Those are your choices. Lucky you, you get to pick, which mm. you do. But TV and YouTube scrolling is not all afternoon. It may be whatever it is in anyone's house. It can be quite yeah. arbitrary. You get to do that for your you know, designated time slot. And otherwise you have to choose other things. Maybe make it a little bit more that you like, oh, I may as well be in brownies or scouts or hip hop or whatever it is if I'm going to be doing this it's just sounding like she wants that comfort and it is okay it is Mm. okay for our kids to be tired after a long day at school and homework but restructuring what she gets to do in the afternoon Mm. that isn't YouTube all afternoon is probably a good idea at 11 years old Having
0: said that that this parent isn't a failure like Kids, oh do God. this stuff. Oh, this oh, is, oh, my God.
1: Especially at 11, yeah. you know, where actually I'm beginning to go, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I think it's why if if she is the one who brought the ideas of hip-hop, dancing, piano, camogie, drawing, if she brought those to you, that's one thing. If you said, hey, signed you up to camogie, let's give that a go, and it never came from her, try flip that now and make her actively involved in it. And yeah. see, see make a list of what's in your area Um It doesn't have to be something our kids' friends are doing, by the way. There can be benefit for them in meeting kids outside of their typical school peer group. And there's a lot of psychosocial benefits for that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's more important to find something she's interested in. I'm thinking because, you know, she likes the scrolling and the bits. Is there even like a science club or a coding club in your area that she could join, which is a different way of approaching that kind of interest.
0: Yeah. It's just the amount of times I've had children swear blind to me that they, love, gonna they love ballet. Definitely going to stick to They love ballet. Oh, my God. I love ballet, even though all your siblings left ballet after two two lessons. And I was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mother... Fe- fe- how much did I pay for that ballet? My mother <laughs> feeds my kids three and five chocolate behind my back. I'm strict enough with sweets when it comes to the kids and don't like them having chocolate often, and certainly not every day. However, one of the kids let slip that they get Cornettos and chocolate buttons most days at my mum's house. How on earth am I to have consistency and discipline when I'm being undermined like this? It has to be confusing for the kids and to be told no and yes on the same issue. Every time I say it to my mother, she says I'm too uptight.' Uh, and they're only kids once, and it's for it's uh, for them. I'm doing it. How can my mo- how can can stop my mother and also help my kids
1: when they get such mixed messages? I mean, look, this mightn't be a popular answer, but how often are they with your mother? If it's once in a while, I'm going to mm. tell you to leave this alone. Yeah, like honestly, pick your battles in this world of parenting. And I tend to lean into that there are different rules in grandparents' houses and the grandparent-grandchild relationship is a really special one. And most grandparents say yes to things that parents say no to and that's part of their privilege. They'll say yes to things with your kids they said no to you when you were a kid because it's different being the grandparent. If, however, granny is minding your kids every day after school for Mm. you and this is a daily occurrence, That is slightly different. So you would need to sit down and redefine boundaries. But again, tread carefully here, because if your mother is providing all of your childcare for you, you're really lucky. Like, you're really, really lucky to have that. Yeah. As are your kids, to be with someone like granny every day. And it might be about, instead of saying, don't give them treats, saying, can we do treats on a Friday? You know, and leave it at that. Mm. It's also possible for children to hold these you're worried and I get it by the way the conflicting rules about the same thing it's not in the same house yeah you can say well do you know what granny does allow some things that I don't in this house we don't have treats until whenever it is or whatever guidelines you have around that so I would be asking granny and saying look I don't want to be the bad cop with my kids you've been a parent mom how did this feel for you can we compromise? I'm not saying don't ever give them a Cornetto, but just the one would be grand, you know? So it, it this is going to be about tone and approach because you don't want to get each other's backs up mm. on this and do the whole who's parenting best between yeah. you because you're not your parenting and your mum grandparenting, and they're not the same thing. Yeah,
0: it's true. I mean, yeah, I think probably a lot of grandparents
1: go, woohoo, I don't really have to be a parent anymore. I'm anyway. not going to have to deal s- with the fallout of yes, this. Yeah. Send them
0: home with swivel eyes full of sugar. <laughs> Joanna Fortune, thanks, a million. Thank you.
1: Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you getting the best value from your bank. Think again. Weekdays
0: at 2 p.m. on News Talk.